0: And I invite real people to have vulnerable conversations about how they relate to themselves and what we can learn from that. In today's episode, I speak with Amy, who was able to step into a growth mindset, thanks to TED talks, and who stopped comparing herself to others. Enjoy. Welcome to the Relating to Self podcast, Amy. You are reimagining education. And you do that because you're passionate about empowering the uniqueness and the diversity of different people within the educational system. And I think that's a beautiful bridge to how people then relate to themselves. Because I remember going to school, for me, was such an ordeal. It was such a place where I felt unseen and unheard and where there wasn't much space for what i call relating to self now this idea of you know looking at how my relationship with myself actually evolved so i'm really curious how that perspective also has perhaps influenced your vision of how you relate to yourself now
1: thank you Yehim. well i think it's such an important topic to relate that back to education because for me my journey or my we can say consciousness evolved when I became to became back to relating to myself, I was around 23. When I was, I'd done all the universities and I got good grades, but I didn't feel like I wanted to wake up for any job that I'd been given this prescription to. And it just really felt misaligned with my soul. And that's all I've just dreamed of, finding out what I would want to wake up for. It didn't matter about the money. It was just a desire. But it really showed me I didn't even know who I was. Like, what do I want to wake up for? And throughout my life, I didn't know who I wanted to be. I'd always asked externally, Who do you think I should be? Who do you think I could be? What job profession would be good? So at 23, when I started to ask this question, Who am I? It was really hard, but it felt like I was finally finding my own voice inside. It wasn't all this chatter and sound bites and programming from society schools or parents it was my own voice saying like yeah who are you without all these layers of conditioning and it came back to my values and I had to rework and each day think about the small things and the big things that made me happy and bring me joy and the small things and big things that caused me stress and tension and then you know remaking a list about what it was that I enjoyed and what I valued and it just showed me how little we do do self-identity, as you, you reflected on in school. We don't know who I who we are, and we're almost given a prescription to conform into this certain person at school without empowering us in our unique experience, our gifts, our interests. They might be so diverse and outside the curriculum, but we haven't had that chance to embody them and experience them. And it's all been very stress-based, so even if you like maths, it's all about exams and nothing about having any meaning in reality or making it relevant so yeah that's a lot about how my education journey started and how i started reflecting on myself and my school and my upbringing
0: beautiful i'm i really like what you said that you were used to asking externally who you were or who you should be or what you should be doing and that really resonates with me i I definitely had a long period in my life where I did something similar, and I sometimes wonder if I still do it, because it's kind of like a, an ingrained habit, right, and it's difficult to get rid of. And so I'm curious how you changed that, how you started actually going to the inside. And you gave us a clue already by saying, like, you know, you went back to your values, and you were looking at what brings you joy and happiness versus what brings you stress and tension. Uh, but I'm curious if you could talk a bit more about how you stepped away from the external kind of input about who you were to find more of yourself inside.
1: So it's definitely a journey of personal growth or evolution, but it was just taking that time to connect again to myself and getting outside of reality. So I used to always have fear of missing out, and I'd spend all my time fitting it in with meeting friends, socialising, studying for my exams, completing the homework, getting good grades but I'd lost myself like where was Amy time, where was you know me sitting down with myself and getting creative, I didn't even have any creative abilities yet and I knew inside that there must be a way that I can reawaken them and find a way that I could make my brain more holistic and more happy by having lots of different domains in my brain activated. But I'd only been shown such a few that it just inspired me to start reflecting on myself. And I have to say TED Talks were incredible on this journey, but they really showed me I don't need to miss out. If my body says I need rest tonight, I've got to love myself and I'll have to do that. And so I really had to work on this image of myself and self-love. And it's okay not to go out because I actually felt comfortable under my covers watching a new TED talk, feeling like my I had a new idea of self-development the next day to practice. So in that period, I did a lot of meditation and reflecting and writing about my values. But one of the key TED talks showed me the importance of exercise. And if you have had a difficult childhood, then your brain also has maybe self-sabotaging or critical abilities and stops you from developing in ways healthfully but exercise is the just number one cure for that so it got me starting to exercise and oh my god my body had so much to tell me and I'd never listened to it but in running it's just myself with the headphones in and no one else and I could hear my body saying you know you you, you need to keep running you're not You've got lots of weight to lose. But my brain was like, my ego was like, oh, just give up. I'm exhausted. Stop this. And my body was like, no, you can do it. I know that you can. You've got all this excess weight that is ready and it's energy to be running. And then my ego was like, no, no, you're exhausted. You can't do this. Just give up. So knowing that my why was to help my brain develop more healthy kept me running and kept me listening to this dialogue inside of me and you know unlocking that dialogue and listening to your body and your needs and your wants and desires it just gives you space to explore those things so exercise for me was a really big game changer and I felt good about myself and yeah, it was just a massive inward journey. I, I did cut off outside distractions. i really just tried to love myself, work on myself, eat better, exercise, but it is a journey. And I have to say I only did well at one thing at a time.
0: <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, I just want to reflect for a second on the power of the information that's available to us now, right? Like you said, you learned so much from Ted talks. That's so beautiful when I was young that didn't exist and my my pretty much my only source of information was the local library in the small town where I grew up and they didn't have much to be honest so I think that's really such a such an empowering tool and I guess that's why also you already started with this process when you were 23 when I was 23 I was largely nowhere still with this but that's that's incredible. And then, yeah, the importance of exercise. I will have to smile when you said that because literally yesterday morning, I got out of bed and I felt miserable. I felt like shit. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on in my life right now, but there's always stuff going on, right? So, for some reason, I don't know why, I didn't feel great. And I was just soaking and I was sitting and I was avoiding my morning routine. I was like, ugh. I don't feel like meditating right now. I don't feel like doing my journaling. I don't feel like doing my rituals. I was just sitting there. And then at some point I just was like, you know what? I'll go to the gym anyway. And then I went to the gym and I kind of, there's a part of me that knows that when I go to the gym, my feeling about myself changes because my my body physiognomy changes, right? And so yesterday, just going to the gym and after the gym I came out, I was like, I felt reborn. (laughs) And I was like such a different person. And it's hard to believe how bad I felt before I did that. And yeah, so that really struck me also again as to how important that really is. And I don't know how this was for you, but I also remember that at school, again, to come back to the school subject, there were um, like physical education classes, but they were so bad in the sense that they didn't teach us why this was important, or how to improve it. So my story about myself, my relating to self in, in the way I am physically in school was very much, I'm bad at this. I cannot do any of this. I can't do the running. I can't do the throwing. I can't do, I'm not flexible. I'm like, whatever it was, I was just bad. So I always got, my only bad marks in school were always for physical education class. And I was very frustrated with that, which meant that I moved away from it instead of towards it and then later in life when i started well running for the first time i noticed like oh yeah i'm really bad at running but if i do it consistently for a couple of weeks i get much better very fast (laughs) but nobody had ever explained that to me like that's so obvious so um yeah i want to
1: reflect a little bit about that oh that lit me up inside i resonate so much with you um, going back to the sports then and the, the exercise at school, it was just always about competition and teamwork and strategy. So it was developing our brains in a different way. But for me as well, why are they doing it about that? <laughs> Isn't it something better to do about, it? Um, you know, your health and how your body feels? And for me in running, I only did as much as my body felt and that felt great. I wasn't trying to run after this group of fast runners around the park or, you know, feel bad about myself. The only person who was improving each day was me. And so the only person I could reflect on was me as well. And it it really helped me stop comparing as well. So it is like almost a paradigm shift to start exercising on your own, exploring a new capacity and capability with yourself and just discovering it, that self-discovery and that's so exciting as well when you've had that own chance to self-discover something for the first time and you didn't even need a teacher or a parent or a friend to tell you. And I had the same experience in music. My teacher said I was rubbish at music, so I stopped music. And I, and in, in dance class, I loved dancing, but they used to say I was terrible at the beat in tap. So I stopped tap and it really gave me this idea that I didn't like music and I didn't listen to it which is such a weird paradigm because people are such music fans. And again, back to TED Talk, it helped me overcome this belief because it was showing me that, you know, your beliefs are and your self-talk is basically could be from one teacher or one parent's comment or one friend or one TV person. And it changes your whole belief system. So in this TED Talk, it showed you, you could learn the ukulele in four hours on your own at home. And you can learn four chords and it plays hundreds of songs. And so I sat and I did it and I deleted Facebook because I really wanted to spend time on my mind. And I did. I learned the ukulele and it was like, oh, my gosh, I am musical. I can create new neural pathways in my brain in this part. It is a beautiful experience. So it is such a, a shift, the schooling mindset and what beliefs and relationship that we have to ourselves at school Or we could call it more relationships to others because that's what we're more focused on, this idea of belonging, feeling seen and heard and fitting in. But then when you become an adult, it's like shifting back to your relationship with yourself, discovering new things, taking responsibility for your deficiencies and your skills and and actually exploring them yourself without needing even a, a textbook or a or a teacher in a course we can learn anything at any time it's such a weird belief that we think school is everything that we could ever know and that those facts don't change but facts and knowledge always change (laughs) we get better measurements better technologies it's all assumptions and everyone has a perception on a certain concept or idea and I might be musical in drumming not singing or or ukulele in fact but they didn't give me that chance as well to explore the multi-dimensionalities of these different subjects in a safe and healthy and fun way and for me that's what I really believe schooling should shift to like it should be for any ages it should be for any passion and one day you just feel like oh I want to be Jimi Hendrix well <laughs> what's stopping you go go there should be the availability around us to be able to practice and become an expert in whatever we really want.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I'm I'm curious about one thing because listening to you, I feel you have a very clear example of a growth mindset and I have that now too, but it took me a long time to get there because my environment where I grew up wasn't like that at all. It's very much like a fixed mindset. Like this is what you can do, accept it and just like, you know, live your life. So I'm curious how you shifted into this growth mindset.
1: I love that question because this idea of fixed and growth mindset is something I've been talking about lots in the last few months. Um, I think it, It's just that realisation that you wake up one day and you've had enough of the world that you're living in and you need to change your reality. And you can do that with yourself because you're the one living that reality. You chose to be there. And it's such a simple truth. But until you really just say, I've had enough and I want to change, then you start doing it. But it can only come from you. You know, your friend might say, that's a bad habit. You need to be doing this. Try and do that. It's just got to come from you and you've got to know what feels good. So I think that question, like I've done all these years of education. I've always got good grades. I've missed out on my childhood. I've missed out on playing. I've now done a master's degree and I've got all these, um, you know, I'm competent at so many different exam skills. But it's so far-fetched from who I am as a person and none of it would satisfy me to wake up in the morning and go, no matter what payment I got. So it was like, oh my goodness, but I have to. I have to find something in this education journey because I've spent my whole 23 years doing this. I can't change. That's impossible. You know, I can't go back to school and relearn psychology or something or human behaviour or sociology that often doesn't exist at school. And I don't even know what these words mean because they didn't even share it at school. But yeah, sorry. <laughs>
0: yeah, no worries. It sounds like what you're saying is that your shift into a growth mindset came from a frustration, like this idea of like waking up one day and having enough of it all. But I'm, I, I find that slightly unsatisfying because I'm like, yes, but what's the reason for that? Like, h- how did you even understand that there was something like a growth mindset like did you have an example around you were there people around you that clearly had a growth mindset did someone tell you about it did you read about it like how did you find out that this was a possibility for you basically
1: i don't think it was something that i might have i just found out it feels more like this question of asking myself what do i want to wake up for and who am i like initiated this voice in my head like. Someone guiding me, almost saying, You're the creator of your reality. So, who are you? And I'd never even explored in my own brain my own questions. Like, I never thought for myself, and it might sound weird, but if you've always been given like certain neural pathways and repeating them year on year on year, your psyche becomes like almost something processed, you know, just like a cookie or something, you know so that that mindset shift when I heard my voice and I started saying none of this is true that's not who I am those are beliefs as well and those aren't true either in my reality then that helped a lot and I think as well along the le- on along the way I've been doing like seeing a psychologist and more recently a psychotherapist but that really shows me like how how easy it is to change your brain, but that you need to have that awareness and that support. And without that, I know that it's possible, but making the changes is much harder on my own. So I can hear my my mind think, and I want this growth mindset, but it took a long time to actually put it into action.
0: Hmm, that's beautiful. I really like that you mentioned awareness and support. And yeah, I'm curious. You also you already mentioned that you went to psychologists, but were there other forms of support that you found particularly helpful?
1: Mm, I think I would just say that back to the TED Talks, that felt like my new family of self-growth individuals. And actually, they inspired me a lot. Like, wow, they went through all these traumas. And my life was hard, but, you know, maybe not as hard as theirs. And it really showed, they gave you so many tools about how they overcome these massive, humongous challenges, you know natural disasters or family deaths and issues and and so that really gave me like this massive push like I can be like them too like I can overcome my issues I can implement these great growth strategies as well and I can inspire others too with my own story doing that and I think that could have been it that was like my community of seeing people who've done the work and done the healing and i never seen it before I was yeah my friends are just like me at uni you know in this fixed mindset production productivity go 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 so that really helped me see another another world and another life and I think one of them showed me a tribe and I was like I need to go through a tribe and learn what that culture is about and learn about emotional social learning and how you um, co-create things and work in communities because it's all so individualistic here and it just felt it felt like nothing was growing and evolving in a sustainable way with our community it was everyone's just going on their success um, adventure and it's actually causing a lot of destruction in the world so yeah it just all these talks and ideas made me start thinking so much like I'd never been exposed to it. So I think that's the other thing is exposure for me. In education, you're exposed to such a fine, finite number, small finite number of things, but the world is infinite and there's infinite things to learn and explore and expand. So yeah, I think just having that realization as well, that there's more opportunity is, what do I want to explore next week? Let's make a list. I want to do singing, seeing, salsa you know snorkeling and I don't know why all the s's are coming up but you know it was really cool to just think oh my goodness the world is abundant there's so many opportunities and I can grow and I think that key core question for me is like I don't know who I am and I don't know what to do so it was almost like I'm now on my new journey of finding myself finding what I want to do and maybe I haven't found that subject that turns me on and gets me excited every day, but it's out there and I know it. So it, it meant that, you know, I forced myself to challenge myself in new uncomfortable situations and learning new things to learn more about me. Is this a subject that I've never heard of, but this just makes me tick? Or is that a hobby that I've just missed out on and I can't wait to, you know, attend it every week with this new community there. So yeah, it was a lot of Different aspects, but I would say that that was inspiring too.
0: There's two things I would like to go into here. One is the aspect of community, because I think I've recently discovered that, well, I've been doing this work of relating to myself and improving my relationship with myself for a long time, mostly alone. And now, recently, I discovered, like, wait, if I surround myself with people who also do this work, that becomes so much easier because then I can get inspired and I can actually share about what I'm going through. And then the other thing I would love to go into is this, this question of I don't know who I am, I don't know what to do. And I find it fascinating because for me in my life, that is like, there's a cycle. It's a recurring question. There's not even one answer to it. Uh, I have found that, you know, when I found the answer and then I lived that answer for a while, then at the end of that cycle, somehow that question came back and I was like, okay, I've done this thing now and I've done quite a few different things in my life. And actually right now I'm at the end of a cycle like that again. And I'm kind of like looking at myself and reinventing myself again. And I have no idea yet who I will be at the end of this process, which is fascinating. But so let's first go into the, the community aspect. You mentioned that the TED Talks for you in some sense were actually your your community at first, because those are the people who you feel had something to share that you found valuable. How have you then created a, a real community of people you can actually interact with, let's say, once you had uh, that growth mindset?
1: Well, yeah, that that is a really good question. And I feel like in the last two years with the pandemic happening and things, we've all been isolated and I've been gratefully um, invited to a sisterhood online where we do a lot of personal development courses and we share about what's going on for us and it's amazing to see we all feel the same, we're all going through the same struggles, but we feel alone in ourselves. So having that community and learning about different healing modalities and ways of getting rid of stress and feeling that love and support and nourishment has really been a game changer, especially in the COVID when I could have been sliding back down to, you know, my bad habits as well, because it is, it has been a difficult time for everyone. So that's been really great. And just having that collective intention to support and keep a high vibe and share healing things has really been nourishing. And I think Uh, also just having um a psychologist or more recently for me a psychotherapist I've been working with her for two years and we're we're at the end now but it's been incredible because it's a whole journey of integrating all these lessons of your psyche and you need to build a relationship with others that you can trust to be vulnerable to be authentic to be seen and heard in your vulnerability to be accepted and not to be judged and then to let them you know either offer support or some important questions where you can become aware of things in your mind that you hadn't before I guess so I guess I would like to talk a little bit more about you know psychotherapy and relating to self because I think that's a really important aspect of my life and for me that has really just deconstructed a lot about your upbringing because when you grow up with your parents you're in this nucleus of a home so all you're doing is interacting with your parents and your siblings and you're seeing that as your life and your reality so as I grew up relating to myself and with psychotherapy some of my beliefs and behaviours and ideas that are unconscious have just come from mimicking my parents' behaviours and so I deconstructed which was my mum's part which was my dad's part um, and what was me And that also comes with what was my wounded child, what needs weren't met, and what's my healed adult self, where I can actually be in a calm space and work out my needs and give me my own needs and not be dependent on anyone else. And it's really hard to relate to the self because sometimes in this way you you see obvious things like, oh, I have a low tolerance of danger. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, my poor little self. I never realised that that's so true. And I, I reflect on that. So, you know, the, the support and the trust of a therapist and realising, you know, is it your mom? is it your dad, is it your wounded self, is it your healed self, your child, your adult and learning how you relate in the world with all those beliefs has been such an empowering journey and it's so interesting because I relate to men in a similar way I related to my dad and relate to women in a similar way I related to my mum but everyone's multidimensional, and no one's the same as my mum or dad they were their own people with their own human capacities and and yeah so it's really like helped me shift this mindset and try and seek out relationships that are outside my mum and my dad because it showed me when you relate you're almost seeking the things from your parents that weren't there from other people because you didn't know how to meet them on your own but if you could learn and heal yourself and figure out on your own what are your own needs then you can start relating to people in a different way in a healthier way you don't need them to satisfy you you satisfy your own needs but they can be a great part of your life and And they can support you in their own capacity as well so for me i would say psychotherapy and psychoanalysis is such an interesting avenue to explore relating to the self
0: yeah i couldn't have said it better i i so agree i i get this question quite often from people like you know what's the one thing you would recommend to start having a better relationship to myself and I usually say two things, to be fair. I usually say, like, one, meditation, just to bring awareness to what's actually going on. And two, go to therapy. It's it's quite simple. You need a professional or, you know, a trained someone to give you an outside perspective and to help you through some stuff that is really hard on your own. It's, I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible, right? Um, but, yeah, it, it's just so much faster, I guess. If you find a good therapist, that is, because that's a whole other area that we could dig into. Um, I've I've had quite a few before I found someone who actually uh, was helpful. Mm, Thank you for sharing that, Amy. That's yeah, I think that's one of the things I'm also happy that I see is changing. When I was young. Going to a psychologist or going to therapy was seen as something for crazy people you know that was there was a huge taboo
1: my my parents also said you know you're crazy you need to see a psychologist and i was thinking this this was a shameful thing as well so i never wanted to do it so i can relate totally
0: (laughs) yes yes but i'm so happy that now that becomes more available it it seems to be more normalized now and i think maybe that culture comes also from from the us where where everybody seems to have a therapist and that's quite normal so i really hope that you know more people will feel empowered to choose to work with a therapist i think that would be a good thing
1: i couldn't recommend it enough there's so many things that are unseen to us but having an outside pair of eyes for someone you trust can show you those things and it will just help you relate better you will less you'll be less dependent on people you might not be pleasing everyone for validation you'll be able to set strong boundaries and meet your needs which might have never been met and that just feels so empowering so getting a therapist will really just do wonders and speed up that whole process for you totally
0: great let's go to the second thing i would i would love to go deeper into this question that you so beautifully asked i don't know who i am i don't know what to do and you know i I hope i find out i wonder what you think about this i i have come to this understanding or story or perspective, whatever you want to call it, that I don't think there is a thing that I am. I don't think there is something I have to do. (laughs) Um, And what I mean by that is that I'm I'm ever-changing. Like, throughout my life, different aspects of myself have come to the forefront. I have felt very differently. I have done very different things. And I feel something like the only approach that makes sense to this question for me right now is something like almost improvisational theater. It's like a let's be free with who I am and with the role I play both to myself and to others. And that's really hard, obviously, right? Because we're all stuck with this ego, the ego that was built mostly for protection and that believes all these kind of things about ourselves. So I think the... The path that I see there for myself is to move away from ego as much as possible by engaging in improvisation with who I could be. And then within that realm of who I could be, finding things that maybe I enjoy, right? Like you said in the beginning, what brings you happiness and joy. And I think that's beautiful. I've Mm -hmm. recently uncovered in myself that I have a tremendous resistance against pleasure, like pleasure is very hard for me to step into for a variety of reasons Um, so that's that's an interesting aspect of what i'm exploring right now who i am in terms of improvisation and in terms of what gives me pleasure and then the what to do (sighs) equally i've come to the conclusion that there there isn't some kind of purpose that I'm here for, right? Because there's a lot of these frameworks and a lot of people who are into spirituality, and I, I very much count myself as being part of that. I, I feel that this whole journey is very spiritual. But then they, they speak in terms of like, you know, you, you need to find your true purpose or something or like what you came here for. And I'm like, you know, I, I don't think there is anything that I came here for specifically. I liked your approach of like, th- there's a multitude of things to explore. There's this abundance of stuff to do and, and to, to learn. And I just also want to be free with that and perhaps add value, obviously, where I can. Um, but I'm, I'm moving away from this idea that, oh no, I will change what I do again, which means that I failed in the past and I have to now find my true path or something like that. No, I'm just doing different things at different times. So I'm curious how you feel about that and if perhaps you have a different approach or something similar
1: that's a really good um, reflection on your side as well so i want to acknowledge what you were saying about sort of this idea of so the, the first question is yeah finding yourself and here you are and that you're always a work in progress you're always evolving there's a different version of you coming again and again and I totally agree when I was doing that life analysis at 23 I realized I could be an author I could try and be a journalist I could try and be a politician I could try and be you know a dance teacher and all these ideas came up and it's and then I thought oh my goodness I would love all of them but I can't do them all tomorrow So then I, you know, I I tried to avoid looking into the future because it's very anxiety provoking. But even just putting a little plan, five year, 10 plan, Okay, I can be a politician in 10 years In eight years. I can write my book and seven years I can do it, start a dance class once a week, you know, and it really put put for me into it. Like, yeah, we're a work in progress. We want to do lots of different things. We want to explore. So. My reflection on on what you shared is that I still believe that there's some core root values that still make you who you are. And when I was exploring that myself, things like kindness, um, appreciation, even like the environment, all those things came up for me, which I'd never considered before. (laughs) So, you know, environmentally conscious. So for now, as I evolve going forward, I know my values will still stay but maybe I'll acquire new values or the avenue for how I will act with those values might alter or shift. But I believe still that there is some core identity inside of us and that comes from our values. And what, when when do we talk about, what do you value? You know, we never say that. And when do you ask someone, who are you? They say, hi, I'm Amy. This is my job. This is my salary. I've got these kids and this pet. It's like, no, how, who are you under that? And, we don't explore that often people don't even know so that would be my part of the first part
0: can i reflect on that mm. it's really interesting because not too long ago i would have said something very similar now though i'm beginning to uncover that some of those core values or root values as you call them that i've held dear all my life maybe aren't as core to my being as i thought In the sense that I am now discovering that maybe I held some of those core values because I believed they were important, but they were given to me. They were given to me by society, family, school, whatever it was, right? And so I am now in the process of re-examining, like, wait, but which ones of my core values are actually truly mine? Mm -hmm. And in that process, again, I encountered this idea that maybe there isn't this, like, truth that is like truly mine maybe i'm an onion i can keep peeling off layers maybe i'm shifting and the core values i held 20 years ago are different from the core values i held 10 years ago and are different from my core values now and so yeah i i I wonder if you've ever experienced a shift in one of those core values
1: well how i would see it as well is you're right like my values I wouldn't say they're my core, but the values I had adopted were like money, success, pleasing my parents, pleasing my friends, you know, being able to have enough money to travel and buy a nice car. And that is what my dad had told me was the meaning of life. And that's what we need to strive for. And if we don't, we're a failure. So, you know, I knew very concretely that those weren't my values, but I didn't know why I felt like that so I I started to explore them and investigate them and a lot came back to schooling like we are competitive we value that A grade you're nothing without a C but why don't schools like Sweden let all C grade students get an A by giving them some feedback and extra support so it makes you very competitive like you need more than everyone else it's all materialism so even just thinking about materialism and and like buying things that they make me feel worthy but I'm not really a worthy human unless I implement kindness and generosity and you know and listening and and important values that were more meaningful to me And, and it also meant that I could start initiating conversations that mattered to me and about things that I cared about to explore those values and how they shifted to my core values but it was part of just as you are doing like this journey of finding which ones are your own and which ones are others. And I agree, they might shape shift all the time and, and revalue, but if you don't have any values in the present, you won't really have a focus going forward either that's aligned and meaningful for yourself. And that brings you fulfillment. So even if they do shift, as you're saying, you're shifting because your your values shift as well and it becomes more meaningful and fulfilling in that way too. But it's just more about finding out who you are.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I like that you said, like, figuring out your values right now in this moment. I think that's also something that I'm coming closer to as a as a perspective to live life from, is that, well, you know, this it's a common saying, like, the past and the future don't exist. There is only now. And it's such a cliche, and we all know that. But of course, at the same time, we have all these memories from the past and all these traumas from the past and stuff to work through. And then obviously we have the capacity to imagine the future. And a lot of how humans behave is based on something like empathy with your future self. You know that right now you might feel like you want to eat 500 grams of chocolate, but you know that you'll regret that tomorrow. So there is this constant process going on about the past and the future in the now. But I think this idea of not trying to find out what your core values are in general, like from a platonic perspective, but just trying to find out what your core values are right now. I think that makes a lot of sense to me.
1: That's good. Yeah. I I think it is just part of relating to the self and exploring these things and and even saying, well, that was a value for 10 years, but that person showed me that that's not exactly the right way that I can perhaps appreciate this value so yeah you're just going to change I mean for me I at school they never teach you anything about recycling and the environment you know just switching off the lights and things like that but at home there's so many different plastics different things you can recycle and my housemates are like putting one t-shirt for the washing machine and then running the tap constant for washing the entire amount of dishes and it and it really made me anxiety because that used to be me, and i didn't I didn't even think about it, but when I thought about it after and thought about environmental values, what small little things could I change each day that do align with my values and don't make me feel guilty? It was like spending that little bit of effort washing up every plastic thing, recycling it properly, and using a little bit of water so. Yeah. I, I see how like values ship shaped and changed, but also how triggering it can be when other people don't value your, your values and how I approach that is still yet to be refined.
0: (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Well, we are always work in progress, right?
1: Um, yeah. And then the second part that you were talking about, about like what to do and like that invitation for pleasure and joy that you might resist what came to mind is, do you know what the original definition of schooling or schools are? I do not. Leisure. The word skull in Greek means leisure. So it's similar to pleasure, but that's what a school should be like. That's what education should be. Exploring our le- um, our pleasure leisurely. <laughs> so exploring lots of different activities, finding out what we like, building skills, not just in one subject and one profession, but in multiple and becoming this, you know, well-rounded holistic creature that, you know, is so adaptable and flexible that you can implement and do things at any time that you need.
0: Mm. Yeah, I hear you. (laughs) We are coming close to the end of this conversation, Amy. Um, I'm curious because, well, in general, you seem to be relating to yourself quite well. I feel like, you know, you have a lot of the stuff down that I have found also in my life to be important. I'm curious if there's anything specific that you can think of now that is still difficult for you in your relationship with yourself.
1: Well, I really like this question because I don't listen to my intuition every day. Do you? That little voice that says, go and have an exercise, go exercise, get up that little bit earlier go eat that that apple rather than that pastry you know so (laughs) I know that when I don't listen to that voice you know they they get more louder and and really really want to show me you know that I'm I need to be honoring my body more and and it's like a little battle and I try and silence it you know but for me that is something that I find hard I don't listen to my intuition and And I know it's there to provide me with what I really need. And it's something that I need to develop a much more kind and an open relationship with. But, you know, when they're telling you not to do these bad habits that you're so addicted and you want to just eat that chocolate or, yeah, watch that TV show back to back, it's really hard to to listen to my intuition.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because it sounds like your intuition is mostly telling you to not do things, <laughs> like not <laughs> eat the chocolate, not not watch the TV show. I guess from my perspective, what what has shifted so much in my life, and what I what I really value now, is the sense of compassion that I have developed with myself, and compassion not only in the sense that when I do something that I actually feel like hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Then I can act compassionately and I go like, you know, it's OK. I'm human. I make mistakes all the time. It's fine. Um, but also compassionate as in, ooh, you desire that piece of chocolate, don't you? It's like, yeah, you can have it. It's OK. You know, <laughs> <laughs> there's this. Treat nice.
1: yourself. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. And it's it's just so beautiful how, how that has become part of how I relate to myself. This, this inner conversation between these voices obviously exists. But then very often I I don't feel the tension anymore around that kind of voice that tells me to only eat healthy things or, you know, never watch TV or anything like that. And I really like also what Brune Brown writes in one of her books, I forgot which one, which is something like, you know, if if you do something that maybe isn't a hundred percent aligned with what you think you should be doing, then at least do it fully. Like, you know. If you want to, if we want to watch Netflix, if you want to watch a stupid show on Netflix, just go for it. You know, go hang in the sofa, put on the Netflix, take the bucket of ice cream, and fully like engorge yourself in that moment. And I like that because I feel very often it's when you resist those things and you kind of like do them a bit or half, and then it just becomes worse that the desire isn't satisfied. So I I really enjoyed that process of like giving myself fully to those moments and really like yeah engaging with them
1: it's almost like being a child again and being in wonder and exploring them for your first time and yes yeah treating yourself it i like how you were saying that it's just about being more compassionate with yourself and if you have a desire it's not like saying that that's bad but just like let's run with it let's enjoy it let's have pleasure from it if i'm gonna do it I'm going to do it hundred percent, not halfway. And I think that would be a really good lesson for the listeners to take away as well. Just and
0: for me, I mean, still, still working doing on it,
1: huh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Work <laughs> all all or nothing,
1: guys, all or nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Amy, thank you so much for your presence and for, yeah, the way you have shown up to this conversation. I, I enjoyed it. I wonder if there's anything that you would still like to express that maybe listeners could find interesting. And there's no pressure here. I mean, it doesn't have to be anything.
1: I think it's just, you know, if if there's anything that you are struggling with or relating to the self is such a far-fetched phenomenon and you want to build up compassion, my advice is just reach out to people. Like, they're often experiencing really similar stuff. If you can just overcome that and... Be a little bit vulnerable, connect either to your friends or find, as we said, a community, a therapist. I'm sure Johim as well could also give you some great advice and has a really nice newsletter. But yeah, that's my advice. Just don't feel alone and go seek help. Like this is part of your journey, your life journey. If you don't start it now, you're going like Yahim says, you'll be much later on in it and you'll be like, Oh, I didn't have those resources, but we now have access to everything watch TED Talks, read books, you know, get outside, find also things that turn you on and bring you joy because that's also part of the self development is like finding out your hobbies and who you are underneath all these external distractions. And often that's your biggest gift. So that would be my advice (laughs) and my last comment.
0: Thank you so much, Amy. Is there anywhere that people can connect with you if they desire to do so?
1: Uh, Yeah, that that would be lovely. If people wanted to connect with me, I would suggest following me on Instagram at nextgenhomeeducation. It's all about um, reimagining education, unprogramming our minds and reparenting our souls.
0: Great. I will make a link to that account in the show notes so that people can find you easily.
1: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Yahim. I've really enjoyed this discussion. and It's been really, really fruitful. So I hope to speak with you again soon.
0: Likewise, Amy. Have a good evening. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe to the podcast. You can also read more of my thoughts on Twitter. I will post a link in the description. And if you are interested in improving your relationship with yourself, please subscribe to my email list at relatingtoself.com. I will then send you meditations, rituals, practices, and more of these beautiful conversations. Thanks.